Hey, Bridgetown Church, and to all of you listening online, love and peace and joy to all of you. John Mark Comer here. Welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Monday, May 18th. To start off our week together in the presence and peace of God, let me just read over you from Jesus himself in John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one lays it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. I love the idea here. I mean, gosh, there's so much in that. I just want to go back and meditate on more later. But I love the idea from Jesus' own mouth that he is our good shepherd, or another way to translate the Greek word there is pastor. It's funny, one idiosyncrasy of Bridgetown Church is that we don't call anyone pastor, or at least not as a title or a moniker. I'm not pastor, nobody calls me that, or Pastor Comer. When people who are new to our church call me that, I, in my best attempt at gentle love, say, hey, you know, just call me John Mark. Um, And one reason for that is our reading of Jesus' warning in Matthew 23 about the religious leaders who love to be greeted in public and called by special names of honor like rabbi or father, that's interesting, or instructor. And Jesus basically, go read it in your own time, but just said, don't do that. You have one father who is God and one teacher who is the Messiah. And then he said, quote, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, Jesus, of course, here, I don't think was laying down a legalistic rule to follow kind of for all time and all culture. He's dealing with a heart posture thing that whether you have a title like pastor or not is something you have to watch out for. So this is in no way a critique of people who embrace pastor as a title. But it's just a way of saying that we're a little bit wary of the title pastor. But the second reason is that pastor is rarely even used as a noun, much less as a title, in the New Testament. It's used a few times in Ephesians 4.11 in the lineup of different types of leaders in the church, apostle, evangelist, prophet, pastor, and teacher as one of five types of leaders. And then it's used um, in passing in 1 Peter 5 as a verb and as a noun, where Peter tells the elders of the church, and that is a title, or it's not a title, an office in the church in the New Testament, to pastor or to shepherd the flock of God. And then he calls Jesus the chief pastor or shepherd, and we're to do that kind of that work under his authority and leadership and vision. But the rest of the time that it's used as a noun in the New Testament, it is used for Jesus. All through the Gospels, we miss it sometimes because in the English translations, it's the word shepherd, but it's the same word in Greek. Jesus is our pastor. 
in whatever sense that somebody like me is a pastor or Bethany or whoever, it's under Jesus or in mimicry of Jesus. He is our, as Peter put it, chief pastor. And I just love this idea. I want you to meditate on it for a minute, that Jesus is your pastor. The job of a pastor is to guard and to guide. It's similar to, different, but similar to a parent where our job is to nurture and grow a child into maturity. Um, imagine that at a spiritual level, but for adults, the job of a pastor is to lead and direct and watch over and care and provide for each of us. And in a time when it feels like the world is falling apart, or at least like it's going to take forever to get put back together or to normal, in a time when it feels like chaos reigns supreme, when it feels like it's just all anarchy and there's little to no meaning behind the disequilibrium of the whole world, more than ever, we need to come back to this very simple idea that Jesus is our pastor, that somebody else is over our life and we are under his care and he is in charge and he knows where we are heading. He knows what is coming, good and bad. He's out in front of something like COVID-19, but he's also with us every step of the way. So to that end, I just want to read a little excerpt over you from Dallas Willard's recent book, Life Without Lack. It's no secret I'm an avid lover of Dallas Willard and he's played such a key role in the life of our church and of our leadership. And, you know, his books are amazing. I read all of them multiple times, reread them. I'm pretty much always reading one of his books. But they're all pretty hard to read, except this one. It was published after his death, and it wasn't actually written by him. It's a ghostwriter. It was based on some audio recordings of a Sunday school class that he gave years ago on Psalm 23. And I just want to read, kind of for our prayer time this morning, just over you, a little excerpt, which is his kind of very short line-by-line explanation of Psalm 23, that famous passage about how the Lord is our pastor or our shepherd. So wherever you're at, I invite you just to take a deep breath, sit down for a moment, or as you're folding laundry or watching over your kids or going on a walk, just breathe in your surroundings, breathe in and Surrender to God who's all around you and in you. Let me just read this over you for a few minutes. The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, I'm in the care of someone else. I'm not the one in charge. I've taken my kingdom and surrendered it to the kingdom of God. I am living the with God life. The Lord is my shepherd. And what follows from that? I shall not want. That's the natural result. I shall not lack anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What kind of a sheep lies down in a green pasture? A sheep that has eaten its fill. If a sheep is in a green pasture and she's not full, she'll be eating, not lying down. He leads me beside the still waters. A sheep that is being led beside still water is a sheep that is not thirsty. Jesus said to the woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. 
He restores my soul. The broken depths of my soul are healed and reintegrated in a life in union with God, the eternal kind of life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The effect of the restoration of my soul is that I walk in paths of righteousness on his behalf as a natural expression of my renewed inner nature. As I walk these paths, my trust in the shepherd runs so deep that I can declare, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. A life without lack is one that carries no fear of evil. Our confidence in God soars far above wants and fears. Would you like to have a life without fear? A life of soaring faith? It seems that Jesus was constantly saying to his friends, fear not, fear not. Imagine what that would be like. No fear of life, aging, or death, disease, or hunger. No fear of any person or creature, not even the loss of all your possessions. You can live without fear, even in the midst of a world dominated by fear. For you are with me. The complete sufficiency of the life without lack is based upon the presence of God. And he is most clearly and fully present to us in Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. So may you live the with God life today. May you live like a sheep. I don't mean that in a passive way or a dumb way or a humiliation kind of way. But may you live with an acute awareness someone else is in charge of your life. You are under his care and his love and his watchful eye. Peace to all of you. 